0: Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Been playing some uh, interesting things, um, so excited to talk about that. Um, we will at some point take a break in about 8 minutes, if you hear an edit, in about 7 minutes time um, at 8 o'clock, which it's 10 to 8 right now, um, or about to is. 7:53 right now um we'll be doing a two minute silence thing we won't include that in the podcast i'll just edit out the gap that we will likely have um but before we get to that uh, let's talk a bit about what we've been playing for a few minutes uh so what have you been playing robert
1: uh mostly i got back into uh wasteland 3 it's something that's part of game pass i've tried it a couple of times and i always kind of fall off of it uh but i decided to give it a full uh Full-on try this time. I've forgotten how wonky um, some of the mechanics are. They don't really uh, fit up. And I also forgot how goofy um, this game does not take itself seriously at all. <laughs> um, like I found a helmet that looks like that would, so you would get something out of an S&M shop. Um, and it had a very sexually charged name to it. And if you look at the item, it had two dillos on it. And it gave you a plus-two penetration skill. So uh, cue the rim shot. ba dum yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a fun game You just gotta not take anything seriously Like, at all Like, there's a whole mechanic Of repairing toasters In a post-apocalyptic wasteland And if you do that You get, like, tons of tons of gear and stuff So,
0: it's all very weird Cool, cool I mean, yeah, with the day and age that we live in Sometimes you just need to have some fun We just need to uh, sit back At points in life And uh, because the day and age that we live in at the moment, you know, there's a lot of serious stuff that goes on, um, but we don't always need it to translate to the the media that we consume and all the entertainment that we consume. So um, I think you recommended that to me at some point because you said it was on Game Pass. And I I looked at some videos and some screenshots and I kind of thought it wasn't really for me. Um, Yeah, it's also one of those games that you kind of need to
1: play on PC. There is a console version of it, but games like that, Sometimes they do really, really well on console, and sometimes they don't, and this is one of the ones that don't. You just, you need that keyboard and mouse to do some of the stuff.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Uh, anything else you played? Uh, bounced between a couple, three games. Um, a couple that were announced, which we'll talk about later at the ID at Xbox, okay. were, you know that day on Game Pass. Um, so I've been trying a couple of them. They're all right. Cool,
0: cool. Um, so I've been kind of juggling... Uh, The Last of Us Part 1 and uh, the Modern Warfare 2 beta, which has been out since Friday. Um, I'll just give my thoughts, uh, continued thoughts, I suppose, on Last of Us Part 1. I finished the story. Uh, I'm on my New Game Plus run, which is my collectibles run. Um, It's it's just, it's a really, really damn good game. I mean, you know, it's not a shocker to any one of me sort of saying that um i think so after going back because as, as i mentioned before robert you know I, I knew the story of the last of us i played it back in i think for me it was 2016 or 17 it was one of the first few games that i played on the ps4 obviously that was the remastered version for ps4 um because you know ps3 games are a bugger to do anything with apparently uh because of that self processor um so obviously i knew the story you know uh I, I'd, I'd gone through it before but that was, what, quite a few years ago. Um, but just kind of going back and, you know, seeing the story again. Um, there's a few... It's interesting going back through The Last of Us well 1 again. Uh, going through that story. Because when I went through Last of Us 2 multiple times to get trophies. And, you know, the per, uh, uh, Permadeath Trophy and the Grounded Trophy. All that type of stuff. Um, there's things that you do pick up on... You know, second time around, third time around, fourth time around. Um, And the first go through for me with part one, so the the remake, was kind of refreshing myself on the story. Going through the second time for the collectibles and stuff, that's where you pick up on certain nuances. Two kind of... I suppose what, one one theme that's split across the both games is, I think, Last of Us Part 1. I mean, the right, so the, the story itself of the whole Part 1 and Part 2 and Left Behind, the story is about Ellie because, you know, she's the immune one. If you take Ellie out of The Last of Us' story, it doesn't have that same story. Joel doesn't make the same choices. The story just doesn't go the same way. Um, So she's kind of the unique aspect of it. Part one's the game with part one that is like Joel's game and the second one is Ellie's game. There's a lot of reasons that I sort of notice that and some of them are more kind of spoilery um, but I think part one really focuses on Joel's and i'll I'll mention this in like more spoilery sort of depth when I do my review i'll I'll do that by the way when I finish this current new game plus run through because even though there's still little encounters and trophies and things I need to do uh once I finish the second playthrough I will uh I'll do the review at that point but it's I I have a lot of things to say and uh in terms of like the future of our world of the last of us podcast there's a lot of episodes that I could do but you know all in good time there's no need for me to do like loads and loads of episodes at once and I don't want to rush anything um because that's that that's a podcast thing that you don't really want to sort of do when you've got all right we're doing the uh two-minute silence now so um yeah for those of you listening we'll see you in a couple of minutes okay that was the uh roughly the two-minute silence i think for the queen uh for those of you well most of you are probably aware the queen passed away in the uk um very recently her funeral is tomorrow which is the monday the 19th um why they picked today at eight o'clock to do the countdown thing i don't particularly know i don't make the rules but uh, we're back Anyway, uh, I will edit out that two-minute break that we just had. Um, yeah, back to the uh, – any any thoughts on the Queen's passing, Robert?
1: Well, it's always sad when a leader – given her age, you can't really say it was sudden. Um, she was, what, 99, I think? 96, like, I think. I know yeah. she was close to 100. Yeah, really close to 100. So anybody that's lived that long – it's sad but you know they had a really long life um it'll be interesting to see how the politics shake out after this um with the succession i know that's already been done um and we'll just have to see where it goes from here yeah yeah
0: so uh that is our thoughts on that um all right back to our discussion on the last of us part one so yeah as i was as i was mentioning um yeah, part one, the 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 first game, I think, is more Joel's story, and I think very strongly revolves around his fatherhood and everything in multiple different ways, um, and kind of him shoving emotions down again. There's more depth and stuff and things like that for me to me to talk about uh at a at a later point. Um, but part two is more about well, the the interesting difference, obviously, with part one and part two is Ellie's age. She's she goes from like a fourteen-year-old or thirteen year old girl to I think nineteen at the start of part two. Um so uh obviously she's she's older, she's got new people in her life and all that type of stuff, so uh really, really good. Um but yeah, there's there's a lot of good things for me to talk about with that game. I mean, getting used to the previous level design was interesting, um and, and all that kind of stuff, but um See, the the ultimate question, I I, I feel like when discussion now happens about this game online, which obviously a lot of people are doing, instead of the question of, is this game good? It's more, is this game worth $70? But that's kind of a different question to, because, you know, somebody could be playing a game, right? And you say, hey, is it good? What's good about it? Bad about it? What is it? You know, would I like it? You know, general game recommendation. But with this, there's so many layers to it, because it's like... Okay, if you played this game on the PS3, you've seen the story, right? If you played this game on the PS4, you've seen the story. But the technology differences, even between the PS4 version and the PS5 version, are very, very different and just a lot more more up-to-date and just a lot better of a gameplay experience. Um... So, I mean, if you're somebody who's like, okay, you you played it and you enjoyed it and then that's it. Is it worth those people play? yeah, ultimately, if if you like, you know, whether it was on the PS3 or the 4, whatever it was. um, If you played the game and you enjoyed the story and you don't feel the need to go back to it. Like, however many years later. Then no, you don't need to spend $70 if you're curious about it. uh, If you want to see like, you know, the new technology things that are implemented um then maybe it might be worth waiting for a sale again nobody's making anybody pay 70 dollars for the game or or this game or any other game or any other piece of media but i think it just i think it just comes down to okay where where are you at with the last of us that kind of thing um did you play like part two because there's obviously that factor as well did you like part two um there's there's different kind of equations to it i suppose um but like, if if you're like me and you're somebody that loves it and you love the game and the characters, you'll, you've probably already paid seventy dollars or rented the game or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but if you're somebody that's like, oh, I'll get to it later, then sure, wait for like a Christmas sale or I don't know, wait for your birthday or whatever the case may be. Um, where do you kind of sit on the whole? You know, should you play it $70? Did you like part two? Where where, where are you? Because I know that you, you played what part? You played the first game and you just enjoyed it and that was kind of it. Um, yeah, I
1: played the first game, uh, completed it for the story part of it. Never went back. It wasn't a bad game. It just, I didn't, it didn't click enough with me to really put that much time and effort into it. Yeah. Um, never played two, never really cared. Um, didn't care. It wasn't about the controversy when that first came out or nothing, honestly, just wasn't in enough to the first game to, to do the second game. Right. So yeah. What did you play it on? Was it a PS4 version? Yeah, I played on the I played the uh, remastered on PS4. Cool,
0: cool. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting how because usually with most game conversations the base question is, is this game good? Is it worth it? And the question's almost been changed to, okay, most people you you've either played it and you do or don't like it or whatever. Um, I will say though. If you're, let's say you're like, let's say you've never looked at The Last of Us, right? You obviously have heard of it, you know, game awards and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I imagine most people that play games have at least heard of The Last of Us. If you're somebody that's either like not invested into it or not, not, just not looked at it for whatever particular reason. Or if you sort of like want to just get into the PlayStation ecosystem, that type of stuff. The recommendation I'm about to make is quite an expensive one, but one that I think makes the most sense. So if you do cuz if you're thinking like oh I'll get like a cheaper PS4 and play it and whatever, I would recommend um waiting to uh, again prices and everything else is different per person. Wait till you can get a PS5 and wait until the game the part 1 so the PS5 version is at a price that's best for you whether that's the price right now or in a year's time, whatever, because the game's not going to, like, go anywhere um, and can't necessarily run out of stock because you can buy it digitally. Uh, wait wait until both those things are at a price that, you know, is is better for you or more suited for you or whatever, um, and then play Part 2 simply after that. But then you could experience both of them really in great you know condition and everything on PS5. Um, I got involved in some... Uh, Obviously, I'm part of different, like, Last of Us communities online and I get involved in Twitter conversations, Reddit conversations, you know, those sorts of things. And some people said, like, okay, there is actually some features and some things and, like, haptic feedback and stuff that isn't in Part 2 but is in Part 1. Which somehow makes sense that it's not because... Um, it, it's interesting now, in it because, like, Part 1, so the remake, is a PS5 game. The Last of Us Part 2, which is not actually a newer game it's actually an older game because it's two years old <laughs> and part one is like what a few weeks old um part two is actually a ps4 game so obviously it doesn't have any of the haptics or anything like that because it's a Ju- DualShock 4 um if naughty dog would consider not like a full-blown another 70 dollar remaster but if you could update or do like a cheaper upgrade thing to in- to include to make like a ps5 version of part two that has all those haptics and all that kind of stuff um and like the the newer accessibility options like the narration and stuff like that um you could probably do that i think they did um remember ghost of tsushima it had a director's Mm. cut version i I think they stranding did the same thing where if you owned the ps4 versions of those games you paid like ten dollars or something so like a small like a small fee instead of doing a full-blown new triple a game you just like put an update as a patch um, now it would be up to Naughty Dog or whoever to decide how much that is charged and everything, um, that would be a way to get me to play part 2 again that would be uh, a pretty good way to do it, because then you'd kind of you'd make both games essentially the same in terms of technology obviously they've got different stories and mechanics and things like that, so it'd be interesting to see, it'd be interesting to see what Naughty Dog does um, next obviously you've got the factions thing coming out, got the TV show coming out which isn't Playstation specific but still within that brand uh, and then part 1 which has just come out so there we go uh, anyway onto my main kind of thing I um, say main thing I've just spent 15 minutes on that but uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 um, game I've been looking forward to for what over a year maybe um, we've been slowly getting bits of news over the last year or so um, then obviously it was revealed it's a Modern Warfare 2 game for this year uh, then there was a change which is there's no COD game next year for 2023 uh, Modern Warfare 2 is getting 2 years of support probably three because they were still updating modern warfare 19 in its third year with like smaller things um so the beta came out there's a lot of things to kind of for me to to talk about um first of all i really really like it just in terms of my general base sort of opinion on the game i really really like it there was a few sort of like again (laughs) it's funny going it's funny for me within the last month of my gaming right i've gone from last of us part two To Last of Us Part 1, which fundamentally, like, you got some of the same stuff, like, same enemies and, you know, same world and all that sort of thing, but the um, muscle memory for Part 1 is different to Last of Us 2, so I had to kind of adjust that. Then you fast forward a few weeks or whatever it's been, and then the beta comes out for Modern Warfare 2. My muscle memory is very obviously embedded in Modern Warfare 19. Um, which, like, feels completely different, got different, like, systems and all sorts of different things. Um, there was a lot of things for me to kind of just, like, sort my brain out with. Because I'm used to, sort of, like, particular maps, having particular classes, having things unlocked, having more than three maps. And I understand, obviously, why the game is limited at the moment, because it's a beta and I don't expect, you know, everything to be unlocked. So after spending I would say almost the the first day on that beta just kind of getting used to like the new weight of things the adaptive triggers having that in COD and haptic feedback and different animations and the gunplay feels different and you know trying to like sort my muscle memory out with that and sort of you know the new climbing mechanics and the new swan dive mechanic and okay where are all the corridors in these different maps and where am I going to get shot from and all these kind of things, Um, so I've kind of, because the beta came out on Friday, it's now a Sunday night, I'm kind of now just slightly used to it, I mean, if I, like, let's say I came off this podcast, went and booted up Modern Warfare 2019, my brain would probably click straight back into that, but that's because I've spent, what, three years playing that game, so, like, i probably do things on that game without even thinking about, you know, what I'm pressing, and the weight of things, how far am I gonna jump and slide and shoot and all, all all these sort of different movement type things. Um but no, I I really, really like what Infinity Ward has done with this. Um now as someone who's, you know, had a lot of faith in Infinity Ward and the Modern Warfare series and been really looking forward to this, um, I'm not gonna like sit here and pretend, you know, to have a bias and pretend this beta is completely perfect and like completely flawless. It's not. Um there are things that are out there that are concerning in a way um one particular example was really really interesting to me actually so there's a field upgrade in modern Morpher 19 that's called dead silence basically what that allows you to do is have an unlimited run it's for a, you switch it on and it's for a period of time i think it's like a minute or 30 seconds or something and dead silence obviously they can't hear your footsteps and you can have an unlimited run so basically if you need to quietly sprint across like half the map Or, like, you know, the bomb's been planted and you've got to defuse it, you've got to rush over there. It's for that type of thing, or for for however you want to use it. Um, There's been some, like, comments within the community about, like, oh, they put it back as a field upgrade, why is it not a perk? Um, Because a perk would allow you to do that permanently. And I've watched, like, a few YouTube videos of, like, you know, I wanted to to get the community's general consensus on, like, okay, I've got my thoughts kind of sorted out as to what I think of this game, what does the community think of it? And everything like that. And almost every person I came across was like, please put Dead Silence as a perk. I don't think it should be a perk. Um, I think the idea, and, and, and again, maybe it's just the, the game mode I play, the way that I play. There's so many different game modes and ways that you can play this game. So, you know, people don't play the game the same way. So there's different play styles, different game modes, people use different weapons. I understand it's not all the same for everybody, which makes it interesting because then not everybody hopefully plays the game the same way. For me, when you're looking at like that um, field upgrade meter getting full or if you're playing hardcore and you hear your field upgrade coming online and you're like, oh, I can suddenly use dead silence, quick, make the most of it. Um, And it's very kind of quick and, you know, intense and everything. I prefer that than just, oh, you spawn and you have dead silence permanently. Um, It might seem like quite a small thing, but this is like uh, that's a huge, huge mechanic in this game. Um, if they changed it and added it as a perk, I wouldn't be mad or anything. It would still be in the game. Um, to me, it would take up take up a perk slot that I wouldn't want getting taken up, but then it depends how they would do that. That brings me into my first red flag for this game, and I remember being asked a question, I think a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, and somebody said to me, like, hey, you're really excited for this game. Is there anything you're nervous about? And I said, nope. Um, obviously, we didn't have the beta at the time. I couldn't tell you how good or bad the game was because I hadn't played it. So originally, with, with most COD games, you have a three perk system. You got perk one, perk two, perk three. If you activate Specialist, you can have three more. But Specialist takes away kill streaks, and I prefer to have kill streaks. So that's pretty a uh, usual way to play. With Modern Warfare Two, they've changed it a bit, and you know, it, the, the interesting thing with this is okay. So this is a live service game. If Infinity War get enough feedback about something like, hey, you really really need to change this, they can update it. They can change it. They can. You know, you can patch games, you can do things like that. You can add things, you can remove things, you can change things. So it's not just like this is going to be permanent. You now have four perks. But the first two is the only ones that you have with you all the time. The third and the fourth perk are ones that you have to wait for and earn. And one perk which I am admittedly very reliant on is a perk called Restock. What that allows you to do is your... Whatever you've got is your lethal and your tactical... So, I usually have like grenades and then a um, snapshot grenade. And I'm very reliant upon okay, I throw one and in 25 seconds I'm going to get it back. Throw one, 25 seconds, I get one back. And because I like throwing a lot of grenades and, you know, using explosives and things like that. Um, Restock is in the third perk, which you have to wait four minutes for. I don't know why that's a thing. Um, what I would prefer Infinity War to do is... And there was a suggestion about this online, which I agree with the person that was talk- that was saying about it. Have just three normal perks. Have them be a very similar set of perks to Modern Warfare 19. There's a few new perks and things like that, so obviously keep those in, because we want new stuff in this game as well. And then have a fourth perk, which is like a, oh, I've earned... I don't know, whatever it would be. I don't know how you would rebalance all that and everything else like that, but... Um, it was kind of strange playing through however many games I played and I had restock there but it like wasn't activated and then it came up and it said that oh restock has been activated I was like that's that's like really strange um again that's to do with my particular playstyle style and how I play and I'm very reliant that's like the one perk in the game I really really am quite reliant on um because it's just weird when I don't have any grenades and things like that there's you know. I'll need to throw stun grenades or frag grenades or whatever, because it's just something that can get me through the battle, so to speak. Um, But in terms of, like, most of the rest of the game, gunplay feels great. It feels a little bit more weightier, a bit more heavier, Um, which, again, some people, like, haven't liked and things like that. We're not all going to like the same things within this game, because there's so many different elements to a game like this. Um... But again, once it was a case of like, okay, the guns weigh a bit more, and they feel very different, and you've got the adaptive triggers, which is part of that, and the haptic feedback, so that's all like, the feeling and the movement and everything like that, which is such a key part of it, um, I was having to get used to. Um, the swan dive is quite interesting. You can actually use it to kind of, they, they said in a um, video this week that went out, that um, they've designed certain maps with more buildings with windows. And literally the idea is like. Oh if you plant a bomb or something like that. Or you just need to simply get out of a building. You can literally run <laughs> and dive out of a building. Uh, I've tested it a few times and it's it's quite cool. So I uh, that's, some, that's something I've tried to sort of get more used to having. Um, one of the other big taboos which people have with this game. Is there's no slide cancel. Which I think was a little bit overpowered. In the first place um players would kind of abuse that mechanic and it, it was a little bit sort of too arcadey um because battlefield's always a series that's gone for more realism and cod's been the more arcadey one but this um modern warfare 2 feels like it's trying to strike a bit of a balance of both and i like what they've done with that um, what they've kind of done is taken away slide cancel, which for those of you that don't know what that is, basically if you're running, like you're doing a full sprint, uh, what you used to be able to do is you hold, press an old circle, your character would slide, and at a certain point you could press L2 to aim and it would cancel your slide and it would it would stop you on the spot. Um, you can't do that this time with the game. I noticed though, and nobody else seems to have really mentioned this, the actual slide mechanic itself is shorter... So whether they're trying to balance that out, and instead of like doing, because you could do quite a long slide on uh, Modern Warfare 19. So instead of doing a really really long slide and then cancelling whenever whenever you want, you don't cancel it. Be ever shorter slide. You can still like slide around a bunch and you know do w- whatever you did before. It's interesting the way they've done it with the controls because you click in the left stick to like you can either click it in once for like a lighter run or click it in twice for a tactical sprint. Most players just go straight into a tactical sprint. Because people run around like headless chickens on the game. Um, if you do that and then you press circle, your character will do a slide. If you press and hold circle, they'll do the spawn dive jump thing. I started practicing with that for a bit and I got used to it pretty quickly. Um, so that was quite good. Um, there's other stuff that's like... It, it. It was so interesting trying to look at sort of like unlocks... And what you could use and what you couldn't use. And there were so many players complaining... Over the week, over this weekend of like, oh, I can't edit this. I can't click on this. I can't do that because it's locked. It, it's a beta. You're, you're gonna have things. There's things that are sort of teased in a way or shown to you of like, oh, this gun's in the game, but it's locked. But it's locked because it's obviously a beta. So no, they're not gonna have guns in the game where you can't. Like, why would you develop a gun for a game that you couldn't lo- uh, unlock at all? Um... This beta's got me more excited for the game, though, because there's a few reasons as to why that is. First of all, I can't wait to sort of, like, get properly started with my game, you know, when it comes out on the 28th of October, and, like, start unlocking things and keep them. Obviously, you don't keep things for a beta because it's just a test thing. Um, The other thing I sort of struggled with, and this is simply just a game mode thing, I'm very, very used to playing with hardcore. Hardcore is basically no HUD. But damage is a lot, lot less, which yes means that you take less damage to die. But also, if you shoot someone, it 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 lowers the damage for for players to take. And um, I remember at some point I was playing with somebody on Modern Warfare 19, and I went from hard- hardcore to core. I was like, I can't play this game mode anymore. It's it's too much damage. It's just it, it's not working. Like it it which is weird because I always used to play core, and I switched to hardcore, and I never went back. Uh, you can only play core. In this beta, again because it's a beta and you can't do every single thing. So that was throwing me off a bit. Because there were a lot of kills where I was like, oh usually I would get that kill. But I haven't because I need to do more damage. It's not because the game's bad or because my gun's weak. It's because it's core and it just simply requires more, more damage per player. So, um, but no, overall, I really like it. I really, I really like the ideas that are in here. And yes, there's a few, there is a few things that need to be changed. I'm not going to pretend the beta is perfect just because I like Infinity Ward and because I like this game. I'm not going to pretend that it's like flawless and perfect. It's not. Um, there are things, there are things that I'm concerned about that need to be changed. Um, there's some really cool new stuff though in the game as well. I mean, I could probably talk about this for another like hour or whatever, but, um, there, it, it, it was, it was funny cause like literally the first 30 minutes to an hour, um, when you start at level one you don't have custom classes so you're kind of just thrown a bunch of stuff because you're thrown um, custom classes and there were so many things that's like oh i'm throwing a drill charge at the wall i don't know what that even is and like i noticed it, it was quite funny i noticed a few players there's a new um what's it called there's a new field upgrade called battle rage and um, I picked on one of the classes that had that in one of the default classes, and it said, like, press L1 and R1, and your player just, like, inhales something, and the screen goes all red, basically, it's to sort of, like, boost you up a bit. And I remember watching a few videos of players using it, and they're like, what the hell is this? So there's, like, new things that we don't know about, and we got to learn about, and stuff like that, but that's that's part of the fun of learning to use new stuff, you know, where can you use it, what maps, what guns, and figuring Figuring yourself out, that um, a, as a player, and like, how do these things tie into how you play the game and all this kind of stuff? Because um, I only yesterday, no, today actually, learnt what a drill charge basically is. So it's this new mechanic thing. You can you throw it against the wall. You can throw it quite far. You throw it against the wall, and essentially it drills its way through the wall and explodes on the other side. So if you if you're looking, if you're hearing an enemy or something like on your left, um, like because again for, um Uh, the sounds of like uh, running and you know feet and that type of stuff are really loud in the game again which is kind of the good intention thing that they're doing um if you kind of just think like oh i think there's an enemy below me or above me or to my right or to my left you just chuck one of them against the wall doesn't mean you're gonna get killed every time um and it like drills through and explodes on the other side which is really cool i probably want to try and use that a bit more actually to get some training with it, um, some people have said like, um, again about like, oh, people camping and all this kind. Of, like, let, let me let me tell you something about camping with Call of Duty. A player, no matter what you do to this game, you can do anything you want to this game. There are always going to be campers in this game, and I've joked and said to friends, I played the game with before. If you literally made a map that was an empty square or circle players that want to camp do you know what they'll do instead of sitting like behind a door or something like that they'll just sit on the edge of it they'll just sit on the edge and just wait there um there's always always going to be campers in in the game but hey if you think someone's camping somewhere you've got plenty of tools equipment guns things that you can um use for it Uh, the drill charge is a pretty good uh thing to use for that actually because if you if you're thinking like oh somebody in the next room is camping in a corner throw the drill drill charge, and it will similarly just explode to the other side. Um. Anyway, I've spoken about that for a long, long time there, so... um, Robert, any thoughts on anything I've said? Have you seen any, like, videos on anything at all? I know it's not really quite your game, so... uh,
1: No, I haven't seen any videos, but like I said, and I've said repeatedly, I don't play first-person shooters. I mean, the closest I get to playing first-person shooters is uh, Fallout, when I play that mm-hmm. game, and that's about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah again there's things to be curious about, concerned about but I think a a lot of the really really good ideas and again the gunplay is obviously the main thing, you're playing a shooter game, I think the gunplay is great took a bit to get used to but I would expect that because it's different Um, so yeah the the one, two kind of phrases I would use to explain the gunplay because I did play a few hours of Modern Warfare 2 and then I thought okay I'm going to go back to Modern Warfare 19 and see like okay how how literally I jumped from one game to the other, I was like, Okay, how does this kinda of feel? And as much as I love Modern Warfare nineteen, I still think it's one of the best shooting games out there. It feels a lot more loose, is the way that I would describe it. Um, a lot more sort of like less weight and a lot looser. Now, in Modern Warfare two, there's still a bit of that, you just have a bit more weight to you and your guns feel like they have a bit more weight and Yeah, that's that's kind of a way for me to possibly describe it. So Uh, But no, I really, really like it. Um, If it's still... Because I think the beta comes resumes... Well, it goes on for a bit until tomorrow, I think. I've got some things to do tomorrow. I think it comes back next weekend again. Um, By the way, Xbox players, if you're wondering, they did tweet out that its beta is now open to certain Xbox players. I don't know about if it's open or closed beta, but they said something about Xbox. So if you're on Xbox and you play Modern Warfare, um, have a look. Can't guarantee that it'll be there, but have a look. So... 'Cause eventually it'll be open to PC, Xbox and uh Playstation. So um but it's interesting, isn't it? Uh I, I know this deal was done a while ago, but um, you know, there's the whole thing the the fight between Xbox and or Microsoft and Sony for COD and Microsoft now owns COD but the beta came out first on Playstation. I know that these were deals done at different times and whatnot, but it's quite interesting. It's quite interesting. So uh, but no, I really really like it. Um, I'm looking forward to jumping back in and playing some more. Hopefully next weekend they'll add some different game modes. Hopefully they'll add hardcore into the beta at some point, just so I can try that out because that's what I'm more used to. Uh, but we'll see how it all goes. But still very much excited. I'm just the thing I'm looking forward to now is okay. Go in there with the full game, play hardcore cyber attack, have it more. You know the game modes that I'm more used to, and then start unlocking stuff for my uh, my guns and whatnot. So. Anyway, uh, it's probably the longest segment we've done for, um, talking about games that we've played and things like that. Uh, Anyway, we've got State of Play to talk about, uh, some FIFA stuff, and some other news. So, let's take a break, do some housekeeping, and we'll see you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is UK. that's E-T-A-L-K. UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode, and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. There's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well, so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K, you can either copy and paste that, into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with Manscaped and free shipping first-hand quality professional with Manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about Manscaped's quality thanks very much to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, I did an interview this week. It was on Thursday. Um, for those of you that have followed Entertainment Talk for a bit of time will know how much I love Toy Story. Um, I was given a very, very big opportunity, which I took uh, this week after you know a lot of exchange of emails and setting up things and things like that. Um, so a film called Lightyear came out this year, which is the prequel kind of origin story for Buzz Lightyear. Uh, it's directed by Angus McLean. Um, I had the opportunity and interviewed Angus McLean this week, who's the director of Lightyear, which was a very surreal experience for me. Um, I know I've like talked to Nikki Rapp and things like that before, which is great. Um, this was much more of an interview. Because like, when I did the two podcasts with Nikki Rapp, that was more kind of chatting about things she's done. This was like a like full-on interview kind of thing um so i really really enjoyed doing that uh the interview itself by the way i've not really explained this anywhere but the interview itself is spoiler free so if you've not actually seen lightyear uh and you want to hear me talking to angus mclean uh just in case you're curious to hear me talk to him you can listen to that without seeing lightyear because uh there is no spoilers in there for that so really really good and uh yeah that was awesome so um that was a really really good podcast to do this week uh, over on the United cast, we played a team called Sheriff Terrace Paul who before that game I'd never heard of before. We beat them 2-0, and that is the second of the six games so far in the Europa League. Uh, gaming talk last week, we talked about the Marvel and Disney Game Showcase thing they talked about. Some new games were revealed, and some updated game trailers, and uh, gameplay footage from that. Then we talked about Assassin's Creed. They did a big Ubisoft Forward thing this week, and they revealed dozens of Assassin's Creed games, so we gave our thoughts on some of that with seemingly it seems like Assassin's Creed Mirage is sort of the main game and the other ones are all sort of spin-offs but talks about all that and then CG Project Red did a um, updated broadcasting for Cyberpunk 2077 and they talked about the new expansion coming out and all that type of stuff so you can check out that episode uh, over on the United cast, we had some delays with the games because of things that have been going on. Uh, so I took an opportunity to do a bonus episode. This one's called uh, Talking About the Treatment of Eric Bailey and James Garner. Um, both have left the club in different, weird, complicated, silly sort of deals, which don't make a lot of sense. I talked about the deals themselves that went through and the treatment of those two players. They've both been treated not great but in very different context and situations uh they also play in different positions so there was all that to talk about as well uh black adam is coming out soon next month for october so i took an opportunity to do a preview podcast talk to all about the wayne the rock johnson's upcoming uh shazam uh will superman be in it will the film be any good all that type of stuff so i uh, again don't know what's gonna happen because i haven't seen the film so it's a preview so talk to all about that um a few united cast episodes uh chat podcast for this month which was for july and august for 2022 uh talked about how those months went for entertainment talk which was very very good talked about some podcast plans so what we're planning to do throughout the months of september october and a little bit of november and talked about my recent uh, room decoration which was fun to do as well that's pretty much what we've been doing recently on entertainment and on podcast platforms let's get into some news So I don't have anything written down for this per se, uh, but if you Google this particular thing, you can uh, find quite a few things. So as I woke up this morning, this Sunday morning, um, GTA 6 had been leaked, Um, the gameplay stuff. And when we use the word leaked in this scenario, and this has been very stressed by a lot of developers out there. Um, this game is very clearly very not finished. Um, it was so funny to read so many comments of like, oh, this game looks terrible. And it was like, it's, it's nowhere near finished. This game is like, not even remotely anywhere near finished. Um, now I didn't see all the clips. I saw about six clips maybe, and like, maybe ten screenshots or so. Um, like this, I literally, because, you know, I turn off my alarm in the morning uh, when I wake up and... I then see notifications straight away because my phone is in my hand, so I, this, this was the first thing I saw this morning, literally before I did anything. Um, the clips that do look at because there's parts you could tell there's parts of the game that like okay are a bit more detailed, and there's parts of the game that clearly aren't, and there's animations that aren't finished. But again, this game is not even rem- remotely close to being finished, so I don't expect it to be so. Um, some of it did look alright, there was, you can see, you can see a little bit of sort of the foundations of what this game could look like, again, in a year or two if we see some footage, or whenever we're going to see some footage, this game will probably look a bit different, but, um, it looked interesting, at least, there's, in terms of me saying that, does this look good, does this look bad, it's just not finished, so I can't really, like, parts of it looked, looked alright, parts of it looked interesting, um, and there was people saying like, "Oh, this looks a bit too much like GTA V. Again, this game is nowhere near finished. So, um, in terms of like moaning about part of these leaks that don't look finished, is is not fair at all. If there's parts in here that look interesting, like certain animations or the way the characters look, or whatever, that's that's fair. Um, but yeah, big big leak from Rockstar, uh, Take Two this morning uh, for GTA Six. Um, I'm not going to write GTA Six in. Apparently, Rockstar is very like. Um, they it, it's not good apparently to put like you know these clips on your YouTube channel or to post them or tweet about them because Rockstar can kind of come after you a little bit. So I'm not gonna write it in the show notes. I'm not gonna I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the thumbnail or something else anyway. Um, and I'm not gonna write GTA, GTA Six in the title. Not because I'm afraid of like Rockstar coming after me, like me of all people. But um, I've got other things I'm writing in the uh, headline for this week's episode. Um, Robert, did you see any of these uh, any of these leaks?
1: No, I didn't see about it. I didn't hear about it until we were talking before we started recording. Um, yeah, I mean it's clearly not going to be really good because the game probably isn't any real estate to be shown. Um, it's not like the game's even going to come out in the next couple of years. Exactly. Um, they're yeah. taking as much time as they want to taking with it because they're making you know a couple billion a
0: year, what seems like. Um, from gta online so Mhm. yeah yeah um so yeah to, to ju- i mean if you want to judge this in a positive way and say something about this looks good or there's bits about the animation that look good that's fine but for anybody that like wants to criticize this game for not looking good is just don't, you don't understand game development really um because it's going to be at least two to three years um, before this game's even shown letting off, le- let alone finished. Um, right, we could get like a random teaser trailer at some point of just a logo reveal uh, or like, hey, here's what the city looks like, GTA 6, see you in two years. You, you could do that, obviously, but uh, that would be more like a concept uh, sort of CG teaser trailer than anything else. Um, uh, But yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Somebody said, like, people like Jason Schreier and stuff were saying, hey, this is one of the biggest leaks in gaming. It probably is yeah um i mean the other recent example i can think of this was in a different context was when the last of us 2 script got leaked um but again that wasn't like two or three years before release that was like a month or so before last of us 2 came out which is interesting because i remember i remember hearing before last of us 2 came out about like oh this game's horrible they've betrayed the characters and they've messed it up i was like hmm okay what could you have done to do that like what what was the context within that And obviously I didn't look at any of it before I started the game. And I remember finishing the game and I thought, okay, that was awesome and I really enjoyed it. And then I went and looked for The Last of Us 2's leaks. And I was like, okay, what was it that was supposed to be so bad? And there was so much context missing of like, oh, this character does this. But not explaining the reasons why. Um, Again, that's very, very different. That was a game that was like about to come out and that was a script leak. This isn't a script leak. This is basically like clips and images of the game that are still wildly unfinished so um so yeah again i just for th- those of us in the audience i don't recommend retweeting or posting any of this to your own stuff whether it's going to be your own youtube channel or your own blog or uh twitter and facebook you know wh- wherever. um obviously there's a the human curiosity about everybody so sure if you google or look up on twitter for gta6 you're not going to get in trouble for that so um yeah, because I I have seen already. There's been some accounts that have been like suspended and stuff for sharing these images and videos. So don't do that. But hey, if you want to Google it and look the stuff up, um, which I didn't even have to type in anything. It was just there this morning, and I just clicked on it and looked at it. So, um, and I wasn't not going to look at it. It's not like it's a bad thing to look at. So, um, hey, I'm a gamer. I've got cu- curiosity about me. So there we go. Um. All right. There was a few. Uh. I haven't actually got anything written down for the Nintendo Direct, which we can talk about afterwards. Uh, let's get into PlayStation's state of play first, which is my next piece of news. Um. I've got every game written down here. We're not going to have everything to say about every game, so we'll just we'll skim through some stuff. But then I'm sure we'll have more things to say about other things. Uh. So they opened with a Tekken 8 reveal, and I'm going to read what is written here. Uh, The state of play got off to a hot start, opening with the reveal trailer for Tekken 8. A release date wasn't shared for the game, but the trailer did only mention a PlayStation 5 release for the game, meaning the latest entry in the classic fighting game series may be next generation, well, we say current generation only. Um, I don't, I mean, for Tekken fans, I saw a lot of positive reaction, uh, which is good. Uh, Again, as me and you always say, Robert, if... There's a game that you're not like into or a gaming community that you're not a part of, but something gets announced for that series and those fans are excited. That's a really, really good thing. Um, I went and watched uh, PlayStation Accesses. Um, they did like a 45-minute video after this and Rosie was really, really excited. And again, I don't really particularly care about Tekken, uh, but she was really excited and that was nice to see. So that's, that's always a good thing. Um, where are you sitting on a Tekken 8 reveal?
1: Uh, kind of middle of the road. Um, I do have a certain nostalgia for fighting games. Uh, My freshman year at uh, college uh, was when Street Fighter II was released, Mm -hmm. and I spent way, way too much time and money (laughs) in the commons playing the game and just dominating everybody. Um, And that's also when the original uh, Tekken came out. I played that. That was a lot more harsh uh, visuals. Um, so it wasn't the coolest. It wasn't like the best game, um, but still, I you know I remember it. I've you know kind of followed it a little bit. I don't think I'll buy it because that's one of those games where you
0: really need oh, yeah. one of the giant fighting stick controllers. Mm. And to practice, 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 practice. Um, yeah, that that's again the bit not in the same way a bit a bit like COD. That's a game where muscle memory is. You you need to be able to do what you're doing in the game without thinking about it. Instead of, instead of going, "Oh, how do I do that combination? No, somebody else has punched you, you know." Um that's like you just have in your brain like down down left right square w- whatever a combination would be um yeah. or like hey, triangle circle triangle square whatever. Um instead of thinking about it, that's something that takes a lot of practice. So again, for Tekken fans, um I'm glad for those of you that are excited. I didn't see any anything negative about this, which is which is always good. So uh, a game which I'm very interested in uh, gameplay War- that I really, I mean. Sorry, gone.
1: I said we really didn't see gameplay that much. It was mostly just pre rendered cinematics, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we got Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, a new gameplay trailer. This is for PSVR 2. Um, yeah, the upcoming PlayStation VR 2 game, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, received a new gameplay trailer showing off a ton of different locations, enemies, and allies. In the game. Um, This could be interesting. I couldn't really grasp a whole lot from this gameplay. It was very very quick and I wasn't gonna sit there for 10 minutes you know doing a frame-by-frame type thing. Um, Again as I've said multiple times whether it's from Warner Brothers Discovery or Disney I want more games from those IP. One of those IP includes Star Wars. I really 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 enjoyed the Darth Vader episodes. I can't remember what they were. Darth Vader Immortal episodes 1, 2 and 3. Um, I still think that's the best Star Wars game that we've had. Some people thought I was crazy for saying that. Some people have actually told me I'm crazy for saying that, which... Whatever. Uh, it's just my opinion. Um, but just the way that that worked with the lightsaber and the, the move controller... And you duel off against Darth Vader in that game. I mean, you know, how much cooler could a Star Wars game be? But um, as long as this is good... Uh, again, I don't really remember what we've heard about the mechanics of PSVR 2. So I, I couldn't really equate it to like... Okay, what would it feel like to use a blaster in this game or a lightsaber or to use the force? I you know, I don't have my hands on PSVR2 so I couldn't couldn't tell you. Um but no, it's I, I'm looking forward to more VR games. I'm looking forward to more Star Wars games, so this is uh, on that list. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't have a PlayStation 5 and I don't have, nobody has a PSVR2. Mm-hmm. They were very specific about that, so I don't think it's going to be backwards compatible to the original psvr um Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to be a system seller for the vr too because yeah yeah, well one it's star wars two it looked pretty darn good Mm -hmm. and that's one of those things that that will
0: get units off of shelves yep so yep definitely uh so good stuff there but again i couldn't tell you too much until we get like a gameplay demo or i get my actual hands on the game so but interesting um Demio was announced for PlayStation VR 2. The cooperative dungeon crawling survival game Demio is officially coming to PlayStation um, VR 2. Players can fully immerse themselves in the tabletop-esque world, rolling dice and dishing out cards in VR. Um, Usually card games are not really my thing. I never played any Gwent in The Witcher. Uh, I didn't download the separate game for that. I just, you know, I wanted to get on with the sword fighting in The Witcher. Um, I hear a lot of good things about different card games um if you add VR into that mix though that's something that could get me potentially more interested um it looked good from what they'd shown um it's just that like th- this could be a combination where you combine something that is more my cup of tea which is a VR game and something that's not which is card games uh, again I've not got anything against card games I'm sure a lot of them are great Gwent was you know really successful and all that um but uh that could be that could be a way for me to get into those a bit more if there's that kind of visual aspect to it Um, what do you think this could be like
1: Uh, it's hard telling especially with card games Mm -hmm. because you don't really know what the mechanics are going to be how the card game itself plays out um, what anything can interact with anything else is going to be so I mean it it looked okay it didn't look terrible it's just one of those things that you really are not going to know
0: what until what so yeah Uh, then we had the accusers ishin spin-off game getting a western release a uh, yakuza spin-off game ishin i think i'm saying that correctly is getting released for the uh, first time outside of japan in the form of like a dragon ishin uh the game is coming to playstation 4 and playstation 5 in february of 2023 uh, again this was another one that like i'm not in the yakuza community i've played parts of yakuza one i think it was um I didn't quite sort of click with it, I I might give it another chance at another point, I just, it's one of them games where I hear so much good stuff about it, that like, okay, did I, did I like not click with it the first time, was it me, do I need to give it more time, so I'm willing to, willing to, uh, to to put that into the equation, Uh, again, Rosie from um, PlayStation Access really, really, really likes Yakuza games, and she was very excited for this, like really, really excited for, again, uh, if you're in the Yakuza community, I'm sure you're very, very excited for this. Um, You played, was it Like a Dragon or something that you played?
1: Yeah, Like a Dragon hit Game Pass, and that looked goofy. uh, um, I played it until I got tired of grinding because of level locks on unskippable boss fights and mini boss fights. Um, But this looks like it's going to be in the same vein because in Like a Dragon, the main character was processing his life as if it was uh dragon warrior game and this looks like it's the same thing only processing his life like it's a uh, 16th century samurai movie
0: Mhm. yeah yeah um again yakuza is a it's it's that annoying thing where I, I i look up yakuza and it's like yakuza this yakuza that and zero and yakuza one two three four five six and i'm like whoa <laughs> you know when you sort of um you know when you get like recommended a tv show or something right and you look up, I don't know, something on Netflix or wherever it would be, and you see like 10 seasons, 24 episodes a season, and you go, whoa, hold, hold on a minute. It's it's that overwhelming kind of thing. I mean, I've been recommended like Supernatural a dozen times and things like Smallville a dozen times. And I look and I see like 10 seasons, 15 seasons, and I'm like, I, I, I just can't I can't do that. Like, See, so if you're a DC fan, I actually wouldn't
1: recommend Smallville um, okay. just because the initial showrunner... Had two ultimatums: no tights, no flight. So this was the story about Superman, but he wasn't gonna be in the Superman outfit, and he wasn't gonna fly. Yeah. So. Okay. And then it just took
0: way too many liberties with the, uh, the, the canon. So. Hm. Yeah. Um. But no, it's just that thing with Yakuza where like, I start looking the games up or whatever, and I'm just like, okay, I, I, I actually don't know where to start either. If there's any Yakuza fans listening, do let me know like where I can start or. A, a, a little bit of a guide. Again, I don't need to like know the whole story or whatever. Just, uh, just a bit of a guide might be interesting. Um, Hogwarts Legacy uh, is getting a PlayStation exclusive quest. Upcoming Harry Potter Universe game Hogwarts Legacy is getting exclusive content on PlayStation. The State of Play showed off a Hogsmeade-centered quest involving a spooky shop and its creepy basement. Um, I don't always have new thoughts on like, cause we're getting, we're getting a lot of little trailers now for Hogwarts Legacy. Like there was the one about the, um, darker spells and, you know, uh, killing people and that sort of thing. And I was like, okay, that was cool. It didn't really, it didn't really, th- th- these sort of little trailers aren't really making me think like, Ooh, this is going to be there and that's going to be there. And cause th- these are cool bits of information. Um, See, I would kind of say... I know it's only September, and the game isn't out till February. I don't really need any more trailers for this game. We've had, like, enough things about the story, and now we're getting into, like, trailers for, like, exclusive quests. Um, the only thing I really... Because, uh, like, the exploration and things like that look really good, and the design of the... Um, they put out these four videos uh, a bit of time ago. The four... uh dormitories or whatever? For the different... Um, classes that you can go into and they look really good and really well designed and there's nice like you know AI stuff going on and that the only thing the only two things I really want to see which isn't much between now and February is a bit more of traversal so show me like a video of okay what is it like to fly on a broomstick or the bird thing which I still don't know the name of and also to show a bit more of the spells and things not necessarily even the combat spells but like the spells where you can build broken bridges and things like that so show me a bit more of that because i'm not moaning about these little trailers they're cool and it's good to like see more from the game i just don't need all these little trailers for like oh little side quests and quest for this and quest for that um i suppose the good part about this is i'm going to be playing on playstation because i'll be playing on playstation 5 so i'll get this quest which will be really really good i don't know if i'll plan to like platinum this game or do do like a last of Us style where i do new game plus and platinum it's going to depend on what that requires and if there is a new game plus that type of thing um but if it's engaging enough and i like it enough i probably will so uh any thoughts on the hogwarts legacy stuff uh no not really like i said before
1: i'm probably not going to play the game just because that's not a fandom that i'm really that into Mm -hmm. um again, with, like, the other stuff, don't care about all the the hubbub and the drama that didn't affect me one way or the other. It's just, it's not a game, it's not a franchise I'm that interested in. Cool. Uh,
0: next one they showed was uh, Pacific, not specific, Pacific Drive. Um, The first title from Ironwood Studios announced Ironwood Studios' first game is officially called Pacific Drive, and will put players behind the wheel as they drive around what appears to be a post-apocalyptic version of the Pacific northwest my mind changed like halfway through watching this trailer because initially i was like oh this doesn't really look i don't know what it was it just initially that like very very first impression didn't look interesting and then once they showed off a bit more of like oh you'll be driving through and dodging stuff i was like okay that could be i'm not gonna write this game off yet sort of thing um i mean you know the first like minute or so we've we, we've seen of this game so we don't know a lot or like how the mechanics work what the story is um, but the concept is kind of interesting. I mean, for like car games or racing games or whatever, they're not really quite my thing, unless you're talking like Gran Turismo or Crash Team Racing. Um, but this obviously is in a different context to that. Um, what did you think of this um, Pacific Drive game? I looked okay. Pacific
1: Northwest is an interesting locale to put a game like that. Um, what's uh, what's sub- particular about it? Uh, it's more like, it's like very, uh, that area is kind of very disjointed in that it's either very, very, very urban or very, very, very rural. Okay. And those are right next to each other. Hmm. Um, so you like getting in a city and then it's like
0: nine miles of farmland. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. So uh, yeah, that's one that I'll pin as an interest and um, we'll see more uh, later the point. Uh, That could get quite frantic and quite interesting, that game. We shall see. Um, Then they announced something which everybody freaked out about, which, well, it's the internet, so they're always freaking out about something. (laughs) Uh, PlayStation Stars loyalty program to start rolling out this month. Sony showed a first look at some of its items that will be available as part of its free PlayStation Stars loyalty program, as well as a timeline for when you can try to collect them yourself. I think the woman said rolling out in... Was it Asia territories in a couple of weeks, and then for the rest of the world, some point I can't remember exactly what she said. It's for some territories first, and then other ones a few weeks later. Now, if you were to look at an image of someone just posting this with no context, you would think, "Oh, Sony selling NFTs," because that's what people started saying online. As, like, "Oh, Sony is trying to sell NFTs." The fundamental difference between what this looks like it's going to be and what NFTs are. Is this is collectibles that you earn through doing things? NFTs are very, 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 very expensive things that you buy that are not worth anything. Um, Because in an out-of-context scenario, if somebody mentioned what this is and showed you an image, you would be rightfully mistaken to think, like, okay, Sony looks like they're selling NFTs. But that's not how it came across to me. It's NFT-like, but if this is, like... Uh, it's called loyalty program they didn't mention anything about spending money on this that that never she didn't mention like pricing or subscription or she, she didn't mention anything like that uh granted she didn't give a ton of details but still um so if this is like i don't know some sort of trophy thing or you do certain things in games and you earn them or you play a game for a certain i don't know what the requirements would be again we have trophies that kind of already give you rewards for doing things in games uh, certain specific things but note the basic difference between this or at least what was described for this and an nft is you pay for nfts and you seemingly don't pay for these and when i say pay for nfts people pay like thirty thousand dollars for like a picture of a whatever um or even even more than that i've seen like ridiculous prices for nfts which Just on the subject of NFTs, the the discussion and the kind of hype, if you want to call that, seems to have died off just a little bit recently. I'm not noticing as much chatter about NFTs. They're still there. I still see chat about NFTs, but not as crazy as it was a few months ago. I don't know if you've noticed the same, but um, what do you think of what Sony's doing here?
1: I don't know. I mean, if it's something that you buy, you know, you spend money on, obviously... I'm not going to be a fan of that. I'm not that a fan of loot boxes. NFT, so, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not a fan of NFTs. I'm not a fan of loot boxes that you have to buy. Um, if it's just like a fun thing, um, then that's cool. Because if you remember, back in the 360 era, Microsoft had a lot of um, avatar kit that you could get from unlockables mm-hmm. and achievements and things like that. And that was cool. That just kind of that was faded into nothing, even though technically it's still there.
0: You can still edit your avatar, but it just does nothing yeah it's not really anywhere on anything so um i remember on the 360 dashboard that was cool like when you scroll through your friends list on the dashboard but you it was you scroll left to right if anybody remembers that one that mm-hmm. dashboard and you could see like your your friends would be dressed up in like a i don't know crash bandicoot t-shirt or something and they'd have like a skateboard and they'd do a little animation that was kind of fun but now everything is just in lists so yeah um, they had a lot of dashboards didn't tiles. They? The 360 had a lot of uh, different dashboards mm-hmm. so.
1: I miss the blade days I understand keeping it clean with the with the
0: metro tile thing but I do miss the blades I only experienced that for a short time and then it went and then I just like got used to the up and down menus um, cause I think when I got my 360 they just I think it was for maybe for a few months they had the blades they were good from what I remember um, yeah they were very but, functional yeah, so and now it's like squares and whatever, so um but yeah, we'll see again, if if these do not cost any money and you cannot buy them, they cannot be compared to NFTs. It's as simple as that. But if it starts saying like, Hey, pay ten dollars for uh the Ape Escape character that it showed, then that would be like oh Sony is kind of selling NFTs, so we'll see how this uh how this works out. See how it works out. Um, then they showed off... Uh, Sin Duality is the latest game from Bandai Namco. Uh, Sin Duality has been announced for Bandai D- Namco. Bandai Namco, sorry. Uh, a third-person shooter featuring mechs... And an art style of akin to Neo Automata. That's the game I thought of when this first came up. It'd be a little bit more colourful. Definitely a bit more colourful... Because Neo Automata is like dystopian future. Um, which is quite cool. A trailer showed off the game and its action alongside... A 2023 release window i'm finding something quite funny with trailers now like we had a lot of presentations and stuff recently right like we had the the nintendo direct and the state of play and other things everybody's just dumping 2023 on their games <laughs> now uh i mean i'm not expecting anything that gets announced now to come out in 2022 because we're late september but um yeah not not everything that you see for 2023 is actually going to come out in 2023 so uh but it's just a way for them to say it's coming out soon i suppose um, I actually did play, and from what I understand, kind of finished nier automata. It had like two sides to it, which was that you play the story through as a was it, and then there was a B character. I can like it was very confusing. I don't remember yeah, it, but apparently had, like, it was uh... like
1: a recurring loop, yeah, of some kind. So... Yeah,
0: I basically I did the I did the first loop as the main female character. Um, they had like letters as their names but I can't remember what they were, B something and whatever else. Um, B T or something like that. Uh I played the um first run through of the story with her and in the game got me to play as the guy, and apparently it was like the same thing but a different perspective. And I was like, Oh, so I've kind of finished the game. Um, Neo Automata is a great game. once you get used to the mechanics and things like that um yeah it looks a bit more colorful a bit more fun and that type of stuff it might be good um the problem is for those that have played near automata like myself you're probably going to be thinking of that game the whole time i don't know um it, it looked good i'll pin that as one that i'm kind of interested in uh, just because it does have similarities to near automata um did you ever play that game near automata no i never really held any interest for me Okay, okay. It's got that like, dystopian future stuff, which I thought was kind of cool. So, uh, How about this game doing anything for you? No, not really. Nope, nope. Uh, so that's one that's coming out from them. Uh, almost finished with this. Project Eve renamed as Stellar Blade coming next year. Project Eve, the extremely shiny looking action game uh, shown off last year from Korean studio Shift Up, has re as Stellar Blade the f- trailer showed off a mix of gameplay and cinematics giving players um, a look at the game's futuristic setting and story do I remember what this one was I don't think this was one that I looked at and was interested in Um, this is the only one from the list that I can't specifically remember what it was, Uh, I remember the name change thing coming up Um, but no it wasn't one I I don't remember it being one that sort of caught my eye per se, again if it's coming next year we'll see more from it at a later point. Um do you remember anything from this game being shown off? No, I no I honestly I don't even remember that it ever existed
1: before, so. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the previous name or anything, so uh I guess that was one that passed me and Robert by sort of. So uh Neo developer announces open world samurai game Rise of the Ronin, which is a quite cool name. Neo developer team Ninja has announced an open world samurai game called Rise of the Ronin. PlayStation 5 exclusive with a 2024 release window. Gosh i will be nearly 30 at that point. Uh, a trailer showed off the gorgeous uh, world set during the modernization period of Japan. I'll tell you one thing Robert. Um, there was a period a few years ago where we had like no, no, no games like this. There was no sort of samurai-esque sort of games. We've started picking up a few more. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. What two years ago? Same year as Last of Us 2. Uh, that was yep. great. You, you enjoyed it a bit more than I did, but I I still enjoyed it, and I you know I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with a second one. Ghost of Tsushima, great game. Uh, we're finally getting a feudal Japan. Um, Assassin's Creed. I can't remember which one that is, but it's one of the upcoming ones. Uh, when Where Winds Meet, which was revealed at Gamescom a few weeks ago, we both said that that looks pretty good. Uh, and there's this one as well uh, Projects um, Not Project, sorry um, Rise of the Ronin, which looks good I'm liking getting more games From this type of genre, I think there's a lot of potential I think you've got a lot of fun Game opportunities I mean I mean, when you have a character Again, could be different for different characters When you've got a character who's got a sword And things like throwing knives or throwing stars You know, that, that sort of equipment And you can climb Or wall run or jump around You've, you've got opportunities for some really good gameplay. And get, and you know given the fact we're getting further into this PS5 Series X generation. Hopefully these games will just get better and better. Um, and it might become a point where these games are maybe competing with each other. Like Ghost of Tsushima 2 might come out. This might come out. New Assassin's Creed might come out. Um, as long as they're all good. Then we can just kind of enjoy this uh, genre of games. Because the only kind of thing we had before this was uh, Ninja Gaiden. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been a while since we've had a lot of games from that type of genre. Uh, but what do you think of this game, and what do you think of the uh, genre itself at the moment?
1: Well, it, it definitely caught my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, is I don't have a PlayStation Five. That's um, true. And so I don't know if it'll prompt me enough to buy one because I don't really. I mean, I have a PlayStation Four, but I almost never use it. I turn it on once a month to do the monthly updates. Um, and that's about it, really. Yeah. Uh, it's just is nothing wrong with it. It's just almost all the games that I play are on my Xbox or my PC. I, have, I still have the Game Pass from when I did the the conversion to the Ultimate um, with my gold, so mm-hmm. I get a lot of games that I can play for free. The pricing for the their new PS Plus or whatever they're calling it now just doesn't really feel like it's worth spending the money on that. So yeah,
0: yeah fair enough uh, but yeah it's a new game from team ninja which is called rise of the ronin which is quite a good name then they finished on god of war ragnarok um it's got a new trailer and a before anybody asks me no i'm not getting this DualSense sense controller i just simply don't want or need it for anything really and it's not going to have the back pedals like i mentioned that i want that so there's there's no reason for me to get this controller basically it looks nice looks nice but I don't really need it or want it. Um, God, of War, God of War Ragnarok uh, November 9th something like that, um, is coming out. I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, it's coming out in a couple of months. The trailer looked good. The controller looked good. Um it says that Playstation's uh, state of play closed with a God of War tra- Ragnarok trailer that showed off new gameplay and cinematics. It kind of showed off the gameplay. Uh, alongside limited edition DualSense controller. That will be released alongside the game. Which I'm sure a few people will buy. I want to see... And there's no reason they can't show this. I would like to see a 10-15 to 15 minute uncut gameplay demo. Just so I can... Because With all the trailers and things that they've shown off for God of War. And they showed like a one minute thing the other day. Which was from Game Informer and all that. It's too... I'm not able to get a from the gameplay that's shown and how it's been shown i've not been able to get a clear idea of like okay there's new stuff you're kind of showing and there's like some new mechanics but show me them a bit more um that kind of thing Uh a bit like you know when they did the uh one of their e3s and mm-hmm. did an initial they did an initial very short last of us 2 trailer and it transitioned from that into like a 10 minute gameplay thing and then it went back to the... It did like a transition thing with the trailer and then it finished. Show me something like that. Um, like when they, when they did that E3 and they showed off... What was it? Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Death Stranding. And they showed off Last of Us. I just want to see... And we're only like two months out from release from this game. So just just show me a 10-minute gameplay trailer where I can actually look, have an actual proper look at... Like animations and frame rates and the AI and new, new gameplay mechanics and things like that. Because the what they've shown off so far is a bunch of story trailers, and they look good. This game looks like it's going to be another God of War. I'm not expecting to be blown away by the story or the <laughs> characters and stuff because um, it won't. I don't think it'll be emotionally as like deep as what people are kind of expecting. God of War's not really been like that. God of War is basically a big, fun, you know, splashy set pieces, which it's it's good at doing that. But I don't really need, like, more story trailers or more sort of, like, where are the characters at and that sort of thing. I'm more interested in, like, okay, when I'm doing these big gameplay set pieces and I've got loads of enemies and big, like, trolls around me or whatever. um, What mechanics have I got? What can I do? Is the animation good? You know, that type of stuff. So, um, because people keep trying to guess, like, oh, when is PlayStation going to do a showcase? I don't know if they'll do a showcase this year. But there's no reason you can't do like a... You know like what they did with Hogwarts Legacy, which isn't even their game. It's from um, Ubisoft. Uh, not Ubisoft. Uh, Warner Brothers. And, um... I mean, that showing off like a, months before Hogwarts Legacy's come out. That was like the 15-minute, almost uncut gameplay thing, where they showed off loads of gameplay. I want something like that for God of War, where I can actually have a look, you know, for, for a good 10 minutes at what this game actually looks like in gameplay. Um... Did you play God of War 2018, and are you looking forward to this one?
1: I played a little bit of it. I kind of fell off um, just because the RPG mechanics were just a little weird and didn't really feel like a God of War game, like not the ones that I remember Yeah, where the original is just running this line, button mash the hell out of everything, watch everything turn into blood.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's not like... I know what God of War is. And God of War isn't like my favourite thing. And then I know it's going to be like. Hey. Throw your axe and kill a bunch of stuff. And Kratos is going to scream and jump and punch things. That That's fine. I know that I know that that's what God of War is. And you're going to get the Blades of Chaos. And you can slash them around and see enemies get caught. That's cool. That's fine. That's God of War. But aside. That was all 2018 stuff. What can you do in this game? Is what I want to know. So. uh, So that's that and that's what they finished on so that's the end of that piece uh two more things for me to talk about here um just something that got kind of slyly talked about this was after the uh state of play there's an interview podcasting that somebody did and basically it's been mentioned it's been reported that psvr games will not be backwards compatible with psvr 2 and there was some news that dropped out after that alongside that which said that some devs are working on ports of their games this makes me happy that i played moss 2 which i very much enjoyed really good game um on my psvr because apparently that wouldn't be playable on psvr 2 um some people have tried to figure out okay is this is this sony just messing up they're not the greatest at backwards compatibility which is putting it lightly you know ps3 and everything um some people have kind of said like oh is this because the controller is going to be different it's not going to be quite compatible i don't know that you can really um i don't know like if you take moss for example and this is just because there, there's certain games that you play with your controller and there's certain games that you play with your move controllers you don't play a game like moss for example or astrobot uh with the move controllers because you it's a platformer game it's just in vr uh which has certain vr mechanics with it I don't. I couldn't see a reason. Couldn't tell you a reason as to why. Let's say you put on the PSVR2 headset, and you turn on your. Um, uh, you actually to, you actually have to use the DualShock Four controller for that because the DualShock the DualSense doesn't have the light bar thing, which is used for the tracking. So if you, I don't know a reason as to why you couldn't put on. Let's say connect your DualShock Four. Put your PSVR2 headset on and click on moss 2 which is a ps4 game but i don't know why that wouldn't be able to work that way um i think it probably is to do with tracking lights and things like that because you can't like i said you can't use a dual sense controller with psvr games because it doesn't have the light bar on it so you can't track the controller thing um so yeah i i i don't know i don't know what to say about that it's disappointing and it's kind of strange um you can though if if you are already somebody that plays psvr games like myself and you still have kept your dualshock 4 which you shouldn't really get rid of of hardware and all that type of stuff um there's no reason you can't still buy a psvr 2 keep your psvr and then if you want to go and play the psvr 1 games just plug in your headset um, which, because my um, what's it called the processing unit thing, which you plug your PSVR headset into, I I connected it to my PS5 because it also has like the light on when something's downloading or something's uploading. Um, so I I, li- I literally kept the box in the exact same position. I think it's just a HDMI cable you unplug and you you plug back in because the HDMI cable that I had for my PS4, I took that out, put it straight into my PS5, and everything just worked. Um, like the processor box functions the exact same way i know that the psvr2 probably won't plug into that i think it's got one wire which you just use through usb there there probably is there's, there's ways around this i think i mean this isn't the greatest thing there is probably ways around it um if you keep if you just keep your old stuff is what i'm trying to say you can still use your old stuff with your ps5 you just won't be able to play seemingly psvr games if you've got your psvr2 headset switched on so just swap out the new one and put in the old one i know it's not the most convenient thing and there's wires and all that type of stuff but you it, it does work you just have to unplug stuff some stuff and plug certain new stuff in um what do you make of that news anyway it's not the greatest thing but it's not the greatest but it's also not surprising mm-hmm. whenever you get that much of a
1: technology change um you know, it's probably not going to be compatible. There might be more and/or different buttons on the hand devices, yeah. Um, so that wouldn't have a direct translation. There might be uh, like processing power to where it was just not working well. Um, there's a lot of reasons why that wouldn't come over. This isn't just software mm-hmm. going from one console to another console. This is extended, extra
0: hardware devices to interact with it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, as I said, like I know some some people might have just like might plan to just store their PSVR stuff away when they get their PSVR two again. People have different amounts of space and all that type of stuff. Um, some people might want to trade in their VR thing for the VR two, which also is understandable. Um, but all I, I I mean, I don't even think I took the because obviously I got a new HDMI cable when I got my PS Five. I don't even remember taking it out of the box because my PS Five is in the same place my PS Four was in. I literally just unplugged my four. Um, I had to get the uh, free adapter for for VR, which was which was fine to do. You don't have to pay for that. You just use the serial number and everything. Um, I took out the plug thing, put the PS Five plug in, plugged that in the back. Put my did the, the the HDMI wire was in the exact same place. I just plugged unplugged it, plugged it in the thing and it all just works <laughs> so, uh, which is good um, what I was saying by the way some people might not be sure about what I said with the processor box um, so it's got a blue light and a red light on it um, if your PS5 is in rest mode and you're let's say you're uploading a clip t- like I like to do the game clips and stuff if you put those on YouTube or if you've got a game that's downloading or something that's updating your PS5 if you leave it in rest mode um, will be on the yellow light and the processor unit will be on blue now what's interesting is let, let's let say you're downloading a game or something like that right or you're, you're installing a disk based game and you think okay i'm gonna let that install or watch some tv or whatever like you switch to something else you'll know when it's downloaded because that light will simply go from blue to red it's quite it's quite useful it's quite i don't see a lot of people sort of mentioning that you can do that um And you could sort of think, oh, the game's ready once I finish this episode or this film or whatever. You go from that and then you you, um, know that your game's installed. So I find that quite useful as well. So uh, that's the PSVR stuff. It's not the greatest thing. I will still keep my DualShock 4. I will still keep my PSVR. So if those situations do come up, like when I'm playing Moss Book 2, or if I need to use a tracking light for whatever, I will have my stuff just there. I just need to keep it charged, of course. So... There we go. Uh, Let's move on from that and talk about uh, FIFA 23, which is coming out. uh, Which isn't a game I'm planning on getting at launch because I'm still playing FIFA 22. Um, They released some of the player ratings, which is always good fun. They've got the top 23 players listed here. Um, Let's go from worst to best, actually. I was going to do best to... Well, saying worst, the the lowest rated player here is an 88. Uh, The highest rating that you can be on the game is a 99. Uh, so I'm gonna go. For, I was gonna go from one to twenty-three, so from best to worst. But I'm gonna go from lowest to highest, and then I'll give some. I don't. I don't have thoughts on every single player here, but I'll just uh, give them a run through. Uh, so Marquinhos is the twenty-third highest-rated player. He plays for PSG, I believe he's French. I think uh, he's rated eighty-eight. Sounds about right. Uh, Tony Cruz um, is a Real Madrid player, probably one of the best midfielders in the world at the moment. Just came off the back of winning. The Champions League with Real Madrid, uh, with their really really good midfield. Uh, he's rated 88. I'd probably put Cruz in the 90s um, for rating. He's good at certain things and not so great at other things. He's a bit on the slower side as a player, but for a midfielder, he's passing, shooting, especially shooting. He's really really good at shooting. So I would possibly put Cruz a little bit higher. Again, these are going to change as things change in the game. So th- these are just the base game ratings at the moment. Erling Haaland for Manchester City. This was before he scored 11 goals in 7 games. (laughs) So obviously he's going to be a bit higher rated at some point. Erling Haaland. Who some people have nicknamed a cheat code. Because he literally feels like a cheat code for Man City at the moment. Because he's scoring so many goals. He's scoring some ridiculous goals as well. Like he scored some sort of like aerial scissor kick thing the other day. It was really good. So he's rated 88. Again I think that's a little bit too low. I think he should at least be in the 90s. Uh, Jean Oblak um, who me and dad have got on our FIFA career mode for 22, he's really really good at um, jumping for the ball for like crosses and stuff so he's rated 89, he plays for Atletico Madrid that sounds about right Ingolo Kante who's getting a bit older uh, plays for Chelsea, he's a French player still one of the best midfielders in the world he's an 89, I'd say that's about right Edison uh, plays for Manchester City Is an 89 a few people have moaned at him about his positional awareness maybe that's why he's not rated as highly but still one of the better keepers out there Harry Kane probably the most at the moment the most overrated English footballer there's two overrated English footballers at the moment which are Jack Grealish and Harry Kane um 89 I think that's too high for Harry Kane um he can tend to go missing in bigger games um where other players tend to score or whatever. He's still a good player. I just think he's a bit overrated, but he's rated eighty nine. Um Allison plays for Liverpool's rated eighty nine. Um I don't hear a lot of sort of complaints about him or whatever, so he's quite good. Casemiro, who used to play for Real Madrid in that Real Madrid midfield, plays for Manchester United now, which is really, really good. Eighty nine, um sounds about right. He's one of the he's one of the best in the world in his position, which is defensive midfield, so he's really good. Uh, Joshua Kimmich Is rated 89 He plays for Bayern Munich I think that's a little bit high Maybe he's quite a good midfielder But maybe a little bit high Sadio Mane He went from Liverpool To Bayern Munich I still don't really know why But that's what he did Rated 89 I think he's a very 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 good player uh, So that lines up well for me son uh, Sun um, Who is Korean I think Really 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 good player Plays for Tottenham He's an 89 I think that's about right for him Neymar Jr. Um, just for all players in the world, I would say he's probably the most overrated and definitely the most overpriced. He cost PSG 200 million uh for transfer from Barcelona, which they've not even paid all of that money back yet. But um, He tends to dive and cheat quite a lot. I don't know if that's one of his traits in the game or something, but he, he, he's a bit on the uh, cheating side. Neymar is sort of known for that. So uh, 89 for him, I think, is way too high. Manuel Neuer at 10, uh, very good goalkeeper, very solid goalkeeper all around. He's rated 90, he plays for Bayern Munich. Thibaut Courtois, uh, who used to play for Chelsea, very, very good goalkeeper. Um, Played very, very well in Real Madrid's Champions League final a few months ago against Liverpool. Stopped a lot, and I mean a lot of shots, so he's rated 90. um, Probably one of the better goalkeepers in the world, so I agree with that. Uh, Then we've got Cristiano Ronaldo, we're now into the top 8. Cristiano Ronaldo rated as a 90. I don't imagine that's going to be for his pace. Obviously, I watch him play, you know, week in, week out. Sometimes twice a week. Still a very, very good player. Um, not on the quickest side, but he is now 37 years old, so you don't expect him to be quick. Virgil van Dijk, who's been, um, not good this year. Um, defensively, he is a Liverpool defender. He's rated a 90. Um, at the moment, I would notch him down to about an 85, and that's being generous he's I don't know what's happened to him in the last couple of months uh into the top five Lionel Messi uh plays for PSG used to play for Barcelona for a long time rated 91 I imagine a lot of Messi's ratings going to be for things like curve dribbling sprint speed finishing things like that um doesn't have a lot of sort of strength and that type of stuff but a very agile player Kevin De Bruyne at number 4, plays for Manchester City, he's rated 91. Again, not on the quickest side, but Kevin De Bruyne is somebody who can really pick out a pass and is really, really good at shooting, so he's a very good player. Uh, Kylian Mbappe plays for PSG, he's rated 91, he's the third on this list. Um, One of the best players in the world at the moment, very, very quick exceptional ball control really really good at controlling the ball finishing speed ball control what you want in a left winger so that's really good uh robert lewandowski who's just scoring goals for fun at the moment similar to Haaland. um uh, robert lewandowski who just moved from bar uh, from Bayern Munich to barcelona he's rated 91 and then number one the best player on the game even though these top so the top five have all got rated 91 uh kareem benzema who had an incredible Champions League campaign last season scoring almost in every Champions League game if not twice he's rated 91 he plays for Real Madrid um so all of these players on this list are at least good um i would say they all at least rate uh, earn like an 80 plus rating some of them i think are a little bit too high some a little bit too low they're all roughly around the same number i mean if you go from the number 10 to number one there's only one rating of difference between those players so um have you heard of any of those players at all robert i know some of the names but they mean nothing to me so right i'm sure you've heard of like you know messi messi ronaldo, and ronaldo yeah neymar possibly as well um yeah i i would where is harlan on this list 21 uh yeah harlan's rating is gonna go a lot higher if he keeps going on the way he's going. Which I don't like seeing Man City win games. But it's interesting to see a striker score loads of goals. It's it's fun to watch him score goals in a way. So yeah that's your ratings for FIFA 23. And again once the game comes out. And the FIFA cards come out. And all that stuff happens. Uh, these ratings are going to change over time. Uh, but that's the ratings for them at the moment. And of course you can... If you don't think any of these players are rated high enough or too low and you want them in your career mode, you can just edit them anyway and uh, make them faster or taller or stronger, whatever you want to do. You can't make them any younger or older, though, but you can change their rating if you want to do that. Uh, that's the FIFA 23 ratings for this year, so there we go. Anyway, uh a long time on my stuff there, which is fine. Uh, Robert, what do you want to talk about this week? Uh, well, there's everybody, like
1: literally everybody had... Uh, an event this week so there's way too much to go over um, in general but we'll just cover the big ones obviously Nintendo had its direct um, too much stuff to really go over so I'm just going to kind of pick the two things that caught my attention the most first is that we got the name for The Legend of Zelda 2 Tears of the Kingdom which is going to be a sequel to Breath of the Wild Uh, we got a new Kirby game Uh, kirby returns to dreamland deluxe and the other big one is that pikmin 4 is going to be a thing so that was a really really popular
0: game way back in the day yeah so um yeah i was watching this i watched the state of play as well i didn't write anything down for it nothing particularly caught my eye um seeing breath of the world again was cool um what did you say the new name was again Tears, uh, of, tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Um, don't know why you wouldn't just. Call, I don't know if there's any story reasons for that or why you wouldn't just call it Breath of the Wild too. But, um, that is what it is. So, it's still a mm-hmm. Zelda game, so it will still sell really, really well and do really well. Looking forward to that. I still think Breath of the Wild is the best game on the Switch. I really, really enjoyed that game. I'm looking forward to the new one. Um, no gameplay stuff yet. But obviously, it's too early for that. And if they're not ready to show off the gameplay, then they're not, which is fine. Um, so there's that. There is a lot of, because uh, I, I watched this like on demand, so I did skip over quite a few things. There's a lot of games that Nintendo are doing that d- are just simply not my cup of tea. They're simply not in my wheelhouse, which again is totally fine. There's going to be fans of those games out there. Um, I don't know. It, it, it still feels, it's kind of always felt like and still feels like Nintendo is really quite reliant on their first party. Which you know you've got Mario, which you know is not a bad character to lean on, and Zelda and Link and all those other characters, and Kirby and Donkey Kong. Uh, so they've got a great library of characters. But I do find often the case that they said like um, it takes two. I think is going to be like on Switch. It's either a coincidence or something else. But a lot of the time when when they announce third-party games that are going to be on Switch, like when they said The Witch is going to be on Switch and those sorts of things, I'm like, oh, already played it. But that's just coincidence because I happen to have played that game at the point I did before they announced that that game's going to be on Switch. Because, um, yeah, I mean, third-party support this generation for Nintendo has been a lot, lot better than... I mean, it couldn't have been any worse on the Wii U, let's be honest. Um, so their third-party support has gotten a lot, lot better. It just kind of keeps coming up that it's great that they're announcing these games. Like, It Takes Two, I'm sure it will be a great game for Switch. Um, but I've already played it. So I'm not going to play it again. But if they announce a third party game at some point. I haven't played. Then I will be more curious. Um, and again there's a lot of like Japanese stuff. That got shown off here. None of which kind of really interested me. Again it's not me hating those games. It's just that they're, they're not what I'm kind of into. Uh, a lot of those like JRPG stuff. JRPGs is not really something I uh, am into playing. But I thought the presentation and stuff was good. It's just that the, the games particularly didn't. Uh, catch my eye as much as what they did before. So, um, yeah, I didn't write anything down for this state of play. Uh, what do you think of what they showed? Yeah, I mean, it all looked really cool.
1: Um, yeah. Obviously, people that are huge uh, Breath of the Wild fans are losing their minds over the next game uh-huh. being like officially named. Uh, I don't play my Switch as much as I kind of want to. It's just that I don't really have a game on there that draws me into play it. So. Yeah. Um, and I do own Breath of the Wild. It's just the the weapon degradation. I just I can't with that game. <laughs> it's like I feel. I honestly feel like I'm finding a new weapon every five
0: minutes because of my old ones are all broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, them adding golf to Switch Sports is cool. I've still not played Switch Sports, but it's a game I'm interested to play again when I get mm-hmm. back onto my rental thing. I will check that out. Um, because I'm interested to play that. So that's nice i think they said that was in a free update as well so that's nice again if they if they gradually add certain sports to switch sports over a period of time that'll be uh something i'm curious about so that's good um yeah that's our thoughts on the nintendo direct uh what else did you want to talk
1: about this week uh well the next big direct they had was an id at xbox um showcase uh, they talked about over 20 games, so obviously we're not going to have time to go through them all. Uh, kind of the big notes is that game that kind of blew up about a year and a half ago, Valheim, is uh, coming to Xbox. Uh, there is a official Ghostbusters game, Spirits Unleashed. It's uh, listed as a four-player versus powerful ghost. Um, so I'm guessing it's a long line. There's something like a horde mode um, with that. There's a few life simulators um, a lot of, I mean, it's, it's the indie game, so it's a lot of indie games, what you would expect, but it was a whole lot of them. And Microsoft has been focusing
0: on that, uh, for a long time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw this like come up in my YouTube feed, um, mm-hmm. which that was actually YouTube working properly for an occasion, <laughs> um, to show me something related to a topic I'm actually interested in and not somebody moaning about something else uh, but um yeah I didn't see I, I didn't see anything like announced that uh, um, I, I didn't see this uh, idea Xbox thing at all um, yeah I completely
1: missed it too I only saw it when I <coughs> loaded up a web page and it said top games from ID at Xbox and I'm like what
0: yeah yeah because when it when it came up on my YouTube feed the video was already out and done the presentation already happened. Like no, oh, I don't remember hearing about this. Like, because usually these companies say like, "Hey, state of play at this point, Nintendo Direct at this point," uh, and then everybody starts theorizing about you know seeing GTA 6 or something. Um, but uh, no, it just it was just suddenly there at some point. So, um, not no sort of big updates for other games, but yeah, if there's anything else in people in there that people enjoyed, then that's uh, that's good. But again, that was one that just kind of seemed to pass everybody by. I didn't really see anybody talking about this idea xbox thing so um there we go uh what else you want to talk about this week
1: uh well tokyo game show was this week and microsoft decided to go all in with the uh, japanese announced a ton of stuff um probably the biggest announcement is that a ps3 exclusive that got remastered to the ps4 is now coming to xbox i'm talking about Nino kuni Wrath of the White Witch Remastered, um, which I had not heard of, but from what people say, it is a very good game, so I might have to check it out when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, a dozen JRPGs are getting moved over. Um, they announced the official launch date for console Pete, for console uh, Xbox for Deathloop. Uh, one of the games that I actually play that is part of uh, Game Pass is called Fuga. Melodies of Steel, never heard about it, really weird concept. Um, it's one of those things that it's, it's tongue-in-cheek, but they're being really obvious about it. It's like So you're a bunch of animal, anthropomorphic animals, and a war starts with German shepherds. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we know who they are. Um, and so you're a bunch of kids fleeing a destroyed village that finds a semi-sentient tank. And you basically just are on a rail shooter during doing a turn-based combat with your tank weapons. And in a very disturbing moment in the beginning intro uh, uh, tutorial, you activate the game's ultimate win no matter what weapon. But to do that, you have to sacrifice one of the children, which kind of took me aback. Um, and I mean that literally. It's like you literally have to send the child... Into their room to have their life, life essence absorbed to fire out your your wind gun, and I'm like, wow, huh. that got dark. Yes, it's very dark. Yeah, um, um yeah. But yeah, yeah. you can uh, look up online uh, with it because they, like I said, there's way too much stuff. But, Erudian Chronicles, uh, Persona Five Royale, um, all kinds of stuff um, it's way too
0: much to go over, so. Yeah, yeah, it it was funny, because, uh, the the one thing that did get kind of picked up a bit when this, uh, came out was, like, oh, Deathloop's been added to Game Pass, the exciting game, I was, like, don't, don't take the piss, No, no, nobody, people, nobody was talking about Deathloop two weeks after it came out, and then I see all these, like, game journalists and all these other people like oh Deathloop's loop's really good it's really exciting and you should play it just because it's on game Like th- these are people that like try to talk up game pass quite a lot i was mm-hmm. like what were like, you talking no one is talking about Deathloop anymore why are you like yeah that game fell off a cliff
1: yeah. well i will try it since it's on game pass because i don't have to buy it
0: but i wasn't gonna buy it if it hadn't been game pass mm-hmm and that's not me giving my opinion about the game because I've never played the game. I'm just saying the reception around this game was like, "Oh, Death Loop," and it looks like at the t- when it was being advertised and shown off at like Bethesda things and like Bethesda Xbox game showcases, people were excited for it. Then, then it came out. Then two weeks also went past, and then nobody said anything about it to a point where I almost forgot the game came out. And did the same with uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. This is the exact but same. When's thing the last time anybody talked about that game? Yeah, yeah. And what do those games have in common? They're from, they're both from Bethesda. Um, yeah. But it, it, it genuinely was making me laugh this week reading tweets about like, oh, Deathloop's so exciting and you should sign up to Game Pass. It's like, now I think what you're doing is more kind of trying to talk up people to, to, to get people to sign up to Game Pass so they can check out Deathloop. Like I don't think these these game journalists that I was seeing actually thought Deathloop was good. It's just hey, you can sign up to Game Pass now, you can get it on there. I'm like, no, you just you're over to laugh you're over to laugh uh again, yeah those those people might have played their flute they might have enjoyed it if they did that's great uh, i've not played it myself so i can't tell you if it's a good or a bad game um i'm curious to check it out because i heard that there was some haptic feedback stuff on it which is a big uh selling point for me now i'm just saying about the reception of the game yeah um so i
1: mean i i've always i always try to be honest and i always tell people on the podcast i'll be straight up it's like will i try it yes will i like it I have no idea yeah I bought yeah. it if it wasn't for Game Pass or tried it if it wasn't for Game Pass, probably not, yeah unless it was like on some crazy steam sale where it was like five bucks
0: mm-hmm. and I don't I don't mind risking my five bucks, yeah, yeah, it's just the way it was being worded about like oh, Deathloop's exciting and it's like who's previously described this game as exciting no no, nobody like said that, but whatever I just I thought it was funny again, it wasn't something that got me wound up or angry. It was actually quite funny. I found that so mm-hmm. that was cool. Um, I imagine the same thing will happen if Ghostwire Tokyo ends up on Game Pass. Yeah, <laughs> and that before. game I do want to try, but I'm not spending 50 bucks on it. Yeah. See, a difference between for, for me, the difference between Deathloop and Ghostwire, Deathloop looks like it has maybe something about it. Every single thing I saw from Ghostwire, and I said this at the time, that game looked really, really flat to me. Um, I wasn't saying those same things about Deathloop. So in terms of like how I was looking at both games was different um but again they were both bethesda games that people forgot about after you know two weeks after they both came out and they both came out at very different times so it's not like they sort of clash with each other or whatever so um but yeah if you want to play death it is on game pass but i can't describe it as exciting because yeah. i can't do that so <laughs> yeah uh
1: anyway what else do you want to talk about this week well speaking of games that everybody forgot about do you remember babylon's fall if you don't don't worry nobody else did not, not really no yeah, it is a game from uh, Platinum Games, and it was published by Square Enix. I honestly couldn't tell you what it was. I just remember it had a terrible launch. It was completely broken, and it's officially getting shut down because it was an online service game. Oh. Uh, it didn't even make it a year. Uh, Platinum Games announced that it will terminate the game's services on February 27th, 2023. It launched in March of
0: this year, 2022, so okay. didn't even yeah. make it a year. Oh, well... Um, well, it's kind of lined up the things we've just said there, like, that wasn't a game I was particularly aware of, and they're saying it's shutting down, so, you know, you're putting two and two together together there and coming up with four. Um, yeah, you know, uh, we we have to remember sometimes, you know, when we hear news like this, real people who are human beings worked on these games, um, Mm -hmm. some of them probably worked, I I don't know, like, a lot of the situation around it, but a real group of people made these games, um, there's probably parts of that dev team that, whether they would have anticipated that or not, is possibly still, you know, a bit disappointing for them, because they did put their, uh, time and effort into it. Um, I can't tell you how good the game was or wasn't, maybe there was problems with it. Um, but sometimes we just have to, you know, I just want to put a note in there, sometimes we just have to remember that the, these games are made by real people that do have, you know, um, People like game devs and directors and producers. They're not robots that just crank out content, you know. They are are people. So when you do have people out there that are sending, like, you know, nasty messages to devs or telling them their game's bad or whatever, um, you know, they're not robots. They are people that make things. So Mm -hmm. um, it's a shame it happened, but it didn't seem to catch on. Um, It's not really a surprise that it happened. Yeah. And again, it might not be a surprise to the dev team, but it might still be disappointing for them, so... Um. Good luck to those involved. So, uh, all right. Did you have? Did you have anything else for this week?
1: Yeah. The last thing I have, and it's actually the biggest. With all the trade shows, with all the announcements, this is actually what I would consider the biggest news of the week. So, EVGA is a graphics card company. Uh, they've been making graphics cards since it was founded in 1999. So it's almost as old as you. Um, way back to the NVIDIA's R-I-V-A TNT 2 chip. Um, however, CEO Andrew Hahn said that the California-based company isn't just skipping the next generation of NVIDIA chips, but will completely stop making graphics cards for NVIDIA going forward. Um, NVIDIA, According to the article that I'm reading, EVGA's decision is partially based on the results of frustration over its treatment by NVIDIA, according to both sources, about respect. Uh, the article from GamerNexus said that graphics cards are reportedly 80% of EVGA's business, and cutting off um, NVIDIA is a massive, massive thing. Um, the majority of EVGA's revenues come from the sale of NVIDIA graphics cards right now. But Han told Gamer Nexus that the margins are incredibly thin and that EVGA makes 300% more profit on their power supplies that they make. So this is a huge thing. I mean, it goes into a lot more details. Um um Nvidia as a company has a three hundred and twenty eight billion dollar market cap, so that's kind of two big names absolutely having a row over
0: it. So mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes these things happen, unfortunately, for you know, there's various different legal reasons for lots of different mumbo jumbo and whatever mm-hmm. out there. Um yeah in I mean, for me, you know, things like graphics cards and stock of graphics cards. I know that you've brought up uh, various different stories at different points. That's not something I sort of track or follow because they're not things I. I mean, I've never bought a graphics card. I just every few years or so buy a new laptop, and that's about it. Um, because obviously the gaming and stuff I do is all on my consoles. I'm not a PC gamer at all. Yeah. Um, I, ju- I just, ab- I just about, um, just for a bit of a side note, just about managed to like. Figure out because uh, for the, the Angus McLean interview, I used Zoom. Um, and with when I do my normal podcast, obviously, if I do solo episodes, I just close Skype anyway. Um, uh, when I'm doing podcasts either with you or uh David or Bex or Robert or, or um uh, Gray or whoever, uh, I always use Skype. And I had to uh, try to get Zoom running, and it required a little bit more than I anticipated in, in terms of, uh, like, processing stuff. So I, inst- I installed a few things. Finally got rid of that stupid weather icon in the bottom right corner. Um, yes, I it, yeah, I hate that. Yeah, there's been so many... Because there's the... um What's it called? The task menu thing, where it's right next to that. And there's been so many times I've like, oh, I'll click on that to quit Skype, to record an episode. Nope, I clicked on the weather thing. That's going to take a good 2-3 minutes to load and then close, so I finally uh, managed to... I didn't, like, get rid of it, I managed to hide it, but things seemed to be running a lot better, but, um, anyway, what, what, what all that led to is me being able to actually run Zoom, um, which, uh, it, it, even then, it still just about kind of was was running, and I was uh, hoping it wasn't going to break during a middle of an interview with a director, <laughs> so uh that was a scary moment but other than doing that um i don't really like pay attention to graphics card stuff however the other point i was going to make is i do hear the name nvidia quite a few times so yeah that's very very surprising to me um again in terms of things i buy and use it won't really be something that like i'll notice necessarily um but yeah that's a that is a pretty big deal so uh what do you think of that? yeah surprise? i mean the
1: closest equivalent that i can think of would be like a sports drink saying they weren't going to be sponsoring sports teams anymore. Right. Um yeah. like if you I, for like if you watch American sports, Gatorade is all over the damn
0: place. And that would be like Gatorade saying, yeah.
1: "Yeah, we're not going to do we're not going to do NFL games anymore."
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Or like if if Adidas on like stopped sponsoring uh teams. Like they're mm-hmm. only quite a few. I think Adidas sponsor us actually. Actually I have a May Night t shirt on. Yeah, Adidas. Yeah. I should know that, but <laughs> uh yeah, they've been uh, sponsoring our kits for a while, so um yeah. But yeah, that's all I got, so Cool, cool. Uh we'll finish off on three bits of uh, emails or feedback. If you would like to write into the show, let us know what you think of anything we've discussed over the last hour and fifty minutes. Uh, anything that you're playing, um, what are you playing at the moment, let us know, what games are you looking forward to, what do you think of the news that we discuss? or is there any news that we missed that you want to talk about, any of that type of stuff. Uh, Harrison writes in, uh, sorry, before we get to Harrison's email, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, there's also an email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email name in your show notes. Harrison writes in and says, so what games are you excited for? for the rest of the year Uh, for me obviously the full release of Modern Warfare 2 um, which is going to be two more separate occasions because there's kind of three occasions for that which is the beta, first kind of part of it Uh, campaign is getting released a week early to people that pre-ordered which is myself Uh, and then the actual multiplayer which obviously I'll be spending the bulk of the time uh, in that over the next two to three years Uh, so I'm looking forward to that um so even though I've played Modern Warfare 2 I'm still very much looking forward to the full release of the game. Um still looking forward to platinuming Last of Us Part 1. I know I've played the game already but um haven't finished my time with it. So I'm still looking forward to that. Uh kind of same games I mentioned before, you know we've got um Callisto Protocol coming out. Gotham Knights which I'm curious about. Then you've got God of War uh coming out as well. Um you know, there'll be some of my main games for the rest of the year. It'll be mainly juggling the story games with the COD multiplayer and obviously the COD campaign and whatnot. Um then if and when the occasion arises, the classic games through the PS Plus thing, so like when they add Siphon Field two or whatever they add over the coming months. Um the PSP version of Toy Story Three I suppose, so some of those. Those aren't new games but those are still things that are coming out soon. Um, but no some of the others I was looking forward to like Hogwarts Legacy has got delayed Uh, what was the other one that got delayed recently Um, Uh, they moved Starfield back yeah Starfield as well but that at least yeah those games Um, Deliver Us The Moon Deliver Us Mars whichever one that is that looks kind of cool that got delayed as well Um, but there's a bunch of games that have just been pushed to 2023 so those are some of the ones for me how about you Robert honestly i can't think of a game that's coming out
1: by the end of the year that i'm like super hyped for i'm not that into gotham knights i mean it looks cool ish but it's not really a game i'd play um i don't really have anything that's on my radar that's like oh my gosh
0: i have to try this yeah yeah so see how that goes uh Ryan says, first time, long time? You're very welcome. Do you think Sony will ever attempt handheld gaming again? The Vita died an extremely slow and painful death. Um, Yeah, that is the perfect way to describe that because the Vita is still kind of functional. You can still kind of buy games for it, but it's not really active. Um, It's in a weird sort of state, the Vita. Uh, it, not, not in the way that people want them to. I don't think that they'll make another Vita or another Panheld. Um, Their attempt with, I can't even remember what the thing's called already, the controller thing you can attach to your phone, that's an interesting sort of like, sidestep to that. Mm. that, That's not a new Vita or a new thing, that's just an accessory which that accessory looks like it looks pretty good, like functionally. It's not, it's just something that you attach to something that you've already got um, which only works through Remote play, which is only through Wi-Fi, so you've got you've got limitations there. But that's not really like an attempt at handheld gaming. That's just an additional accessory. Um, I don't think that they will. Um, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm fine with my handheld gaming being on Switch, uh, on those like uh, rare occasions. Um, for me, I want them to just focus. I mean, PSV clearly VR is a big investment going forward for Sony, which is something I'm really looking forward to. I've really, really enjoyed. Most of the games, probably ninety percent of the games I've played on PSVR. Um, obviously, Iron Man VR is a big highlight for me. There, uh, you've had like Blood and Truth. You've had uh, Moss, which I just really enjoyed. Moss One and Moss Two. I uh, got the Horizon game, which looks quite good. Uh, they're clearly putting. You know, they wouldn't have done the PSVR two if the first one wasn't a, su- a success. Um, but I've really enjoyed. Like, that's just a different dimension of gaming entirely, where you can do so many different things. As well, so if they continue to support that, obviously, you know, release high quality AAA exclusives, which Sony is known for with the PS5. You've got God of War coming out, you've got obviously third party support. Uh, so, I'm looking forward to those. I'm more kind of looking forward to when the cross gen releases stop happening and when we get what, what I would call full PS5 games because even, even with something like God of War, that's going to be on PS4. So the development at some point would have been... Held back a little bit towards PS5... Because they would have had to have made the game playable on PS4. Um, there'll be different versions of those same games... But you still have put development time into the PS4 version of that. Um, so I'm I'm more looking forward to like... Okay, when are we going to get those full... You know, current gen exclusive games. And some of the, some of them we have already had. Like you've had Returnal, you've had Clank, you've had Astro Bot... Um, last of us part one is is only a ps5 game you can still play the same game on a different console but uh the the current game that they've got so i i'm more interested in those things if they come out with a new handheld that would be cool for that that audience but i'm not really a part of that audience um so to actually answer the question i i don't think that they're going to so now if uh, they
1: do they'll probably screw up like they always did with every iteration and make uh um, proprietary data storage. Oh, that Honestly, stupid. that's what killed all their handhelds.
0: Yeah, it
1: was, was you know, here, here's a 32 meg data storage. It costs five times what any other 32 meg chip you can buy on the market is now.
0: Buy our stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was uh, not a smart idea. I remember when I first got my Vita, and I was like, oh, this might be cool. And then I started, I was like, oh yeah, I need a memory card. How much are they? Oh dear. <laughs> that was my, that was my uh, reaction to that. I I looked up on like Amazon and eBay. And I was like, oof, this thing is more expensive than what it should be. Um, yeah. And I I have like SD cards somewhere in this house. I was like, oh, I wonder if I can just. Oh no, I can't put one of those in.
1: Yeah, I um, do uh, digital photography. I probably have like nine different SD cards of yeah. various sizes, depending on where I'm going, what I'm shooting, and how how many shots I think I'm going to take.
0: Mhm. Yeah so
1: you can buy those for damn near nothing now it's like oh go on no i just i said yeah it's just it you can buy them for next to nothing now so it's it's just i hope they don't i don't think they will so no no
0: but hey if resources are put into ps5 and psvr2 that's something i'll be happy with so uh vicky wrightson says hey matt um, really enjoyed your two-hour Last was Part 1 video. Thank you. It's on YouTube for those of you that want to watch it. Uh, what do you think Naughty Dog does next? That's a poll podcast. Um, there's a lot of different... There's different options for them to do. Um, obviously Neil Druckmann's... Uh, the, I can't remember who the other co-president is, but Neil Druckmann's one of the co-presidents. Um, then you've got, like, Matthew... I think his name is Illard, the one that just directed Part 2... Uh, Part 1. Um... Yeah, that's a that's a, I mean I'll give you an answer here obviously, but that's that's a whole podcast. Like I I did a podcast before talking about the Last of Us's specific future, um, which is still a relevant podcast because some a lot of st- that stuffs not happened yet. Um, in terms of Naughty Dog's like outside of Last of Us, I would like them to go back and do something with Jack and Dexter. Um, that was a game that I I could see why that game would be enjoyable for people. I just want like a better like I'm looking at Last of Us Part One and what that game's been able to do and how it's been able to improve the Last of Us, which is already a great game. And I looked at like the technology and stuff in the Last of Us Part One and I thought, if you could do some of this stuff and kind of redo the Jack and Daxter games, I'll it, like if they do a remake or a remaster of the Jack and Daxter games, I'll take a look at them. Um, my one major complaint about Jack and Daxter is too slow. And maybe that's just me being used to Crash Bandicoot, where there's a, literally a run button and he moves pretty fast, and you know, you've got the fast platforming stuff. And granted, the design of Jack and Daxter is not nearly the same as Crash Bandicoot. Um, you've got like completely different worlds to navigate. He just moves too slow. He really does. Um, but if they were to remake or remaster Jack 1, 2, and 3, I don't really care about Jack X, that's the racing game. Um, I would take a look at them and. Um, as much as... Because I'd still want Last of Us 3. I'd still want some of the other prequel stuff you could do. Because there's a whole 20 year time jump in The Last of Us Part 1. Um, that I would like to see story from. That's like Joel and Tommy specific stuff with the Fireflies. Um, I'd love to see a story from that. So as much as I would love those. We've just had a big fill of The Last of Us. Like we had a new game two years ago. A remake of one of their other games. Like right now. So... If they want to take, and we got the TV show coming up, we have got the factions coming up. Um, I wouldn't mind them doing other things as well. They're not just a Last of Us studio; they do make other games as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'd like to. I'd like to see them revisit Jack and Daxter, not with a fourth game. I'd like to see them redo the first three games with this treatment they've just done with Last of Us One, and I would also like a patch update thingy for Part Two. So, you know, a few things, <laughs> a few things that they could do. Um, I know you're not quite as into Naughty Dog stuff that I am into. I'm obviously aware of like what they can do and what they're capable of doing. Um, what would you like to see Naughty Dog doing?
1: Uh honestly, I don't know enough about the studio to really even answer that.
0: Right, right. Would it be like new IP that they could maybe do? I guess new IP.
1: Um, I'm always a big fan of new IPs because it gives you a chance to experience something that you
0: haven't before. So, yeah, yeah. Um New IP, you know, whatever Naughty Dog does, I'll probably at least check out. Um, they still got Uncharted. You can still do an Uncharted Lost Legacy 2. Um, there's loads of things that they could do. So they're not short on options, which is good. Which is good. So, uh, yeah, that's my long answer to that question. Again, there's a whole podcast I could probably do about that, exploring each different option. Anyway, uh, we've gone on, on the long... A lot longer than we usually do, which is, which is totally fine. Um, I know I talked about COD for a long time, so that probably took up a long portion of the show. But I had a lot of things to say. Um, thank you all very much for listening um, to this episode. Thank you, Robert, for being here for this long episode as well. Uh, we had a lot of things to talk about this week. Um, yeah. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, you want to hear more stuff that we've done, we do TV, games, films, night Podcasts. You can check them all out on entertainmenttalk.org and on your favourite podcast platform by searching for Entertainment Talk. So check out other stuff that we're doing. Um, you can either listen to other episodes. Uh, you can tell other people about what we're doing. And where they can find it. And you can of course share the episodes around. On social media as well. As I say you can support Entertainment Talk. Uh, Patreon $5, $10 level tiers. For every podcast review options. Have a look at those as well if you'd like to. For all of the um, Patreon options and whatnot, uh, Geek Town. David runs that over there, GeekTown.co.uk, GeekTown Radio, uh, that's for your TV and your film news, renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, there's been a lot of Disney related stuff recently, um, shows moving around, new stuff announced, obviously D23 kind of just happened, so check out all the news for that. Uh, Bex was on GeekTown Radio, always a good to, to listen to her, uh, so that's really good, uh, GeekTown Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays, and even though it's Sunday, go back to last week, have a listen to uh, the most recent GeekTown episode, there's like highlights for next week on TV all that type of stuff, so check out that speaking of Bex, uh, she's still doing her thing over on Twitch, that's Trista B-Y-T-E-S for Bex, over on Twitch Uh, she's switched over to Little Nightmares 2 which I still need to watch the first of her videos for that, I love that game Little Nightmares 2, it's so 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 good Uh, I can't wait to see Bex um, play that so I'll check out some of that at some point a lot
1: of anxiety, her playing that,
0: a lot of anxiety (laughs) yeah, it's 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 a very scary, very very creepy game very uh, particularly for, for me more creepy than scary um if you want to see what i thought by the way of little nightmares 2 i did a review of that the year or i can't remember when that game came out um and she still
1: leaves year. the jump scare redeems in so she's got she, nobody she's to blame two for two herself three. on that yeah. one
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's her own fault she could turn that off i think so um but uh hey if it makes good fun content then that's good uh but yeah, you can find bex's good fun content over on Twitch, Trista uh for Little Nightmares Two, um, classic games, retro streams, chat streams, all that good stuff. For that, if you want to find me as well on Twitch, you can do so. Etalkuk, um over there. You give me a follow over there. You can see my streams. Um, for the Last of Us video that um, Vicky mentioned, you can find that over on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. That's for the. I have a bunch of game clips to put up, both from Last of Us, Modern Warfare Two. Um, I captured my first uh, Modern Warfare kill, so if you want to see that moment, and my first Modern Warfare death, because I thought, hey, if I'm going to capture the moment where I get my first kill, it's only fair I do the first death as well, so you can see that. Um, I haven't put that one up yet, but I will do so later. whole bunch of Last of Us clips, um, COD clips, game video related stuff, YouTube, entertainment talk plays for all that, check out that stuff, and if you want to see the 2 hour video, that's up there as well, so check out all that as well. Um, And yeah, that's it. Thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.